Today's episode of On the Break is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and get started listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM to get started now. Welcome back to another episode of On the Break. Tonight we have a very special edition. It's the Zion Williamson edition. Two points in the first half. But wait, you sons of bitches are calling me a bust? One three. Another one. Two threes. Another one. Three threes. Another one. Four threes. Hold my jock, Steph Curry. Michael Jordan who? The greatest of all time. I don't know. I don't know how to follow that. How do you follow that up? That might have been the most unbelievable thing I've ever heard. Did, did you get DJ Khaled involved in that? That was one take, baby. That was first take. I think we might have just peaked tonight. It might have been the best thing we've ever done at the beginning of the show. It's the Jump the Shark episode. Uh, listeners, Kyle beats 100% absolutely. Uh, Kyle beats absolutely said that he would have no part in that. So I appreciate your help there, Kyle. <laughs> hey, you're, he, you're, he you're, you're a specialist here, man. I got to leave, leave the intros to, to the professionals. That's fair. That's what we do. You had to have known something ridiculous was coming after you completely. So... I guess we set the table a little bit here and you talk about your Zion take. We're going to launch right into it because it seems to be the story of the universe right now. And do you want to set the table a little bit kind of like where your head was at going into this game? Because I think yeah, you had my, a really good take. I, I mean, I texted both of you guys and I said, if he has two points or if he, as long as he doesn't tear his ACL again, nothing, none of this matters, right? Exactly. So, yeah, the, the way he was landing last night made it look like he might. He was so, so dude, was, timid. I was honestly really scared because, like, what what did he come in on? Um, he came in on – he was drafted because of athleticism, because of defense, and because of, like, his passing. We saw a little bit of his passing in the first half. I think, Kyle, you, you pointed that out. Like, the first touch he got in the post was a great backdoor pass to Brandon Ingram, right? Yep. And that was – that, honestly, to me, was the brightest moment of the entire night was, like, seeing what this guy's potential could be. Um, in regards to passing, because there's there's not a whole lot of players that can pass out of the post now, especially Bigs, right? Yeah, he could be that, that guy. Um, but he well, and the thing is, like going into that game, we just didn't really know like what to expect, you know. And like to your point, you couldn't really expect a whole lot, right? Right. And well, the playmaking aspect of it is really what intrigues you the most, because I mean, because the, the three pointers, those are great we can tell by that form that it's not sustainable for him to really shoot at over a 35% clip, right? He's not going to shoot very accurately. Yes. He can make open, open gym shots. He can make wide open shots, but 
you know, he's going to have to improve his, his post game for sure. But I saw a lot of things I like last night, but as Josh said, the, the pass, just having that quick recognition and that IQ, he had his hand on the ball for maybe, you know, 0.8 seconds to a full second where he just made a quick pass. If he can add that to his game, you know, the athleticism and scoring are going to, and rebounding are going to pan out to, to a certain extent, like you're going to be okay there. If he can add the playmaking aspect and just be, you know, a more athletic Draymond Green, I'll take that all day. Yeah, I think I think that's that's he's going to fit perfectly in that Draymond Green uh, um, niche, right? Like the guy that is going to cover your cover your ass on defense, especially if he can get his IQ up. I saw multiple times where he got beat on backdoor cuts last night, or he switched wrong, or actually there was one play where he was coming off a pick and roll. Um, where he was supposed to switch on to Patty Mills, and Patty Mills did a hesitation. And then Zion just grabbed at him because he panicked, and Mills drew by, drove by him. But he did have one play where he was ISOed against DeRozan. He played a really good defensive possession in that moment. Um, so I, I think that as he shores up that that being confident with guarding little guys that are not in college anymore, they're not little white guys, they're fast players, right? If he shores that up and is able to be switchable, he could very much fit into that Draymond Green role. It's true. Be a better it's, one. I mean, that's very true because I mean, all he has to do is sharpen his game, like, and adjust to the normal pace of a season without getting hurt, which is a, a you know, a tough line to walk there. But he has the potential to be really good, and I think that's what we saw overall. But well, to your point, like, or to Kyle's point that you were talking about earlier, like, it's not like he's going to do that every night. And this is a game they still lost, by the way. Yeah. Right. To a, not a the, great Spurs team. Yeah, and that's the tough part is he's on the minutes restriction. That's why I didn't play the last five minutes. Sure. Yeah. If he stayed in that game, there's a better chance that they win that game. And it just I think it was important for the way people left that building feeling last night in the city of New Orleans to actually maybe care about basketball for once. But uh, I, I just I really think that the the health is is not where it needs to be. I don't think we're gonna see Zion at hundred percent until next year probably he's uh, he looked maybe 60 or 70 percent to me he wasn't as explosive he was obviously a little more timid and you know there's probably a mental block to a point uh that he's playing with you know a little fear and, and when you start thinking about that you, you play softer yeah and, and that's not going to probably change until next year yeah and to to um the point of talking about the minutes restriction good on alvin gentry to not get caught up in yeah, the, the yeah, moment and say yeah, carry us to a win, Zon. Like, you know what he can play coming in. Right? Well, that was decided before the game even yep. took place. And yeah, I mean, exactly. And, uh, and I, I'm just saying, good for sticking to your plan. Yeah, definitely. It, and, I mean, you look at him, and he's, what, like the third biggest dude in the league at 6'6", 284. Like, dude. That's... that's you the third heaviest guy? He Something like that, yeah. And he all, I saw a tweet earlier today that said that he put on... By the time he knew he was going to play on Tuesday to the game, he put on like eight pounds of muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nearly in like impossible. Week. Dude. And that honestly, I don't think that 285 is sustainable for him. Like to no. have a long career and have longevity. I don't think it is. Now, I'm not a doctor, dude. I don't know any more than, than these uh, NBA trainers or anything to that effect. But I just, from what I know and from what I've seen of him, I don't think it's sustainable. And the week of working out and adding seven pounds of muscle honestly concerns me. Like some people can't lose weight. Some people are just built to be that big. Mm-hmm. And that, that kind of concerns me. Like, are you going to have him eat 22,000 calories a day? Like, what are you going to do? How are you going to yeah. drop his weight? 
if he's going to work that. out one week and go up seven pounds. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't know this until last night either. He grew from six three to six seven um, when he was seventeen. So that's absurd. You know, that's your, your senior year. You're getting a four inch pop. I mean, that is something he's still probably settling into a little bit. And you just want to make sure the the ACL, the meniscus, the ankles stay intact. You know, lower back, anything else. I'm I'm not I'm not too concerned about you know, a, a shoulder or a hip, but I do think the durability for him is the biggest question because, I mean, it's going to get to a point where if he's, you're, you're right, Josh, he's going to have to be at 260 because 6'6", 260 is still enormous. Yeah. And, and if he's playing at 285, strong. he might as well just go try to play tight end in the NFL. He could. Dude, what a Gronk way. Like, that's he, what I'm saying. He that could was Gronk size. He was at 285? Nah, he's, he's bigger than He was he's about bigger. 295. No, he's like 260. Nah, Gronk's like 6'6", 265. That's what I was thinking. Really? I was th- okay, maybe I was thinking he was heavier than that. Okay, my bad. Z- I mean, Zion is an absolute monster, but I mean, he's obviously going to play in the NBA because there's more guaranteed money, but I mean, it's it's just he needs to lose weight. There's really... It, they shouldn't experiment in anything lower than 260. Yeah, I, I agree. As far as the way that he scored... Um, he had one play that was a really like a really nice post move on uh, Jacob Pertle, where he spun right and then Pertle blocked his shot and he went and got the uh, got the rebound and had a put back um, layup. Another one that that I think that's his game. That's um, another spectacular one that, quickness too, just to be yeah. able to recover and get back to that ball. Yeah, exactly. So we'll we'll compare that also to his defensive effort as well in just a moment here, but. Um, another one that I thought was his game was um, he had uh, DeMar DeRozan. He got behind DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo threw up a perfect lob to him and, Lon- and Zion laid it in. I said before the year, like when you asked me to pick the rookie of the year, I told or I said Lonzo is going to give Zion the rookie of the year. And like that play was there's not many point guards that could have put it up perfectly like that over DeRozan. Right. So having yeah. Lonzo there to make those passes is going to help him a lot. Um, knocking down four threes in a row is not his game. And I don't think people need to start expecting that, dude. Like, no, no. looking at his shot, there's no lift whatsoever on his legs. <laughs> he shoots to the left side of his head. And actually, all four of those shots had a different uh, a different hitch point. Like, That's one was on far left. One was kind of middle left. One was a little bit forward, which means that he's not even consistent in his bad form. Whoa. And to be honest with you, all those shots were pretty lucky to go in. They were all has, pretty much wide open, though. Like because they were all very no, wide open. Because nobody yeah. thought he was going to hit that shot. There was nobody within with within ten feet of him. They no. were playing a zone on his first three shots, and two of them nobody nobody rotated. The third one, Pirtle rotated. The fourth one was impressive because it was a jab step on Lamarcus Aldridge. Mm-hmm. But that jab was kind of weak, though. I mean, like it wasn't weak. really like if somebody's deed up on him, like Kawhi, like that's not. Yeah, if it that, wasn't Lamarcus that shot Aldridge, is not that's going not working. In. Right, right. If it wasn't his, Lamarcus Aldridge, that's not working. His release point is really low, but the, the issue and the scary part is, is, yeah, I get you might not look athletic, right, because you haven't been able to run. You haven't been doing those kind of exercises. You're apparently relearning how to walk. But he <laughs> Dude, talked yeah. about it after the game in the interview that he was just, you know, when they were like, you know, where'd that streak come from when you're shooting? He's like, well, man, all I've been doing is, you know, shoot, shoot around. That's all I've had I the ability do. to do. Why isn't your jump shot consistent, though? Why do all your jump shots look different if that's all you've been able to do? Like, that's a concern. That tells me, you're like, that was a nice night. He might get hot like that, and it averages out to something decent, but he's not a guy you want to rely on to hit buckets like that. We, we And we know that. He's got to show a post game, and I actually think he showed a nice post game 
uh, last night for the most part, especially yeah, if he got a hundred, a hundred percent on his knees. But uh, on the defensive end, Josh, we talked about it. He did have a couple of bad plays where he looked at like he was adjusting the speed of the game and he was definitely out of position, but it wasn't because he's not athletic enough. It was just because he was straight up out of position and not in stance. If he's in stance, he, I think he still makes those plays. Like I'm not worried about his athletic ability on the defensive end by any means. Yeah, no. I agree. He was very vertical all night on the defensive end, meaning like he wasn't down in his stance and his defensive stance. I'm not worried about that. As a matter of fact, in the text messages that I sent you guys, I said, I'm not worried about any of this because he's still hurt, dude. He's not healthy. Right. So I'm not worried about the fact that he's getting blown by on defense. Um, but I'm also not high on his three point shooting. If anything, last night kind of solidified in my mind that he still doesn't have that jump shot. Like I, I realized that he hit he four goes of four them. for four. Yeah. yeah I, I realized that he hit four of them, but the form, like if that's all he's been working on, his shooting coach needs to have said, dude, your flipping right arm, like your guide arm is sideways. Like it's like this. It's sideways, and that puts side spin on the ball. Um, it's it's just really bad for him. I can't imagine him shooting more than 30% and for the rest of the year. If Zion just, was if Zion was in LA fitness, guys would get upset that he's pulling from, from 23 feet. Dude, yeah. he has like there with was that a, shit, with that jump shot. But I mean, there is the you know. Every every fifty year old guy on ESPN is going to tell you if it goes in, it goes in, right? Like, yeah. I'm a I big mean, believer in that methodology. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It is not a. It's not doesn't a bad, have to look pretty. Bad stance, right? So I mean, it's. I mean, that's like, watch. No, it's, it's going to be interesting now that it's been a beating with New Orleans getting the primetime games and then being involved in so many quote unquote marquee games. Now that Zion's involved, it's going to make that team a lot more fun because not only is Lonzo going to be able to get him the ball, Drew Holiday is going to open it up for him as well. Ingram is shooting at a you know a, a record uh, or career high three for him for sure, and he's going to probably make the All Star team. So it's going to be interesting now that Zion's in the mix. That's the best situation that a number one overall draft pick has had in fifteen years. I can't think of a better one. I'd have to go back and look at that, but that might be possible. I mean, yeah, and you got Alvin Gentry, who I think is going to be a, a good coach for him. It's just. That fan base is not that that involved, but if it, that is true, if Zion can't get them involved, nothing will. I don't even know if you want Louisiana's involved. God, I was just I'm looking <laughs> at the, bad. Sorry, I'm looking at the schedule just to see what they have coming up because I think some of those games will be really interesting as far as competition goes. And they went on a 15 game losing streak at one point. Yeah, that's absurd. Really? Yeah, they they started off the year really really good, and then they just kind of went away yeah they really did they've won a lot of games recently though because i was looking at that earlier today too they like going into that game they were like 10 and 4 in their last 14 games here's what i will say the best player on that team and the team and the player that i would take moving forward is brandon ingram over drew holiday yeah is well it, i mean moving forward right like if i have to sign another max contract is it strange brandon ingram's getting over zion for me is it strange to you guys that they have what? Wait, 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 hold right on. Right now, right now. Uh, okay, okay. I disagree. Is it? I mean, but on the subject, is it strange to you guys that they've signed pretty much everybody else to a big contract except for him? Like that's really strange. I'm not really understanding why they're doing. Oh, like he's is he going to be restricted this year? Uh, I can't be, remember right? his contract right now. Yeah, See, pull up the hoops. I, he might have an option on that, but I I don't know. I would take to your point, Josh. I would take. Zion over Brandon Ingram still, even with the injury concerns, just because of the upside, in my mind. 
this, and, like most the way Brandon Ingram's playing this year is really good, but I mean, it's taken him a little while to get here too. You know, this is his fourth year in the league. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. So he's got a qualifying offer next year. So right now we're at the point where the Sixers actually offered Ben Simmons a max contract. So he's still got one more year. Right. And, you just yeah. buy out the last year, essentially. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, they probably will skip the uh, the qualifying offer and and just go ahead and give them the whatever the max is going to be this year. Yeah, it doesn't sound right. like they're going to give it next to him, year. Though. Next year, most likely, because he would he, he would have to take a qualifying offer for the next year. Okay, yeah, and then get. Yeah, I mean, he would. Man, he would probably get five for one fifty though. Easily. The Knicks, yeah, I think he's a max. I think, a I max. think just on upside, he's a max player. I mean, the five, Knicks are looking for another one eighty-five. I mean, that's rough, though. I, I I don't know. I'm not there with Brandon Ingram yet. Yeah, but he's playing really consistently this year. He's an all star this year, right? Yeah, we, we know the we know the um mm-hmm. the starting lineup. He's going to all star this year, right? Yeah, for sure, yeah, I, I would think so. And I mean, it's good value for what he is. He's developed his game a lot. It was one of those pieces that we were really surprised that. LeBron was willing to throw away, honestly. Yeah. Um, if he gets he, over he 200 a, pounds, if he gets over 200 pounds, I'd give him the contract. His yeah. shot form is night and day between last year and this year. Last year, like, he was on catches. He would move the ball down and then go up. Yeah. This year, he's loaded before yeah. mm-hmm. before catching the ball. He's catching and shooting, and it's fast, dude. It's like, quick. he looks like what he was supposed to look like. What he, whenever he came in the league, people were saying comparing him to KD. He's looking like that now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll four, see. I four mean, man's Katie at least. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to. I think Katie is one one of the great best of all time, right? Would but, you Would you take Ingram or Devin Booker? Ooh. I I'm I'm a mismatch guy. Like I like if you can throw out a mismatch at small forward and six ten. I might take Ingram just for his size. I think I'd probably lean towards Booker. I would too. I really but, like. I really like how Booker's playing. Yeah, and that's fair. Like, I'm okay with that. But I just – I like mismatches. So, do you want to talk about the the Joel Embiid hypothetical trades we've been thinking about here, Josh? And, you know, just what's going on with the 76ers? So, to set the – yeah, let's set the – let's set the table here. Yeah. Because Joel Embiid hypothetical trades is a crazy – Crazy phrase, right? Yeah. Most so of our listeners haven't been listening to – go ahead. Well, I was going to say, yeah, so let's talk about how we got there first before we go into some hypothetical trades. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, dude, I, I've watched three or four games with Ben Simmons since Joel Embiid is out, and he looks like a different player, dude. He looks flipping good. And what this is causing us to realize is, am I at a, at a point where I'm ready for the Sixers to trade a top-10 asset? right? A top 10 player in the league. And dude, it, it, like it sounds crazy when you first say it, but here's the deal. Joel Embiid hasn't, doesn't play more than 50 games a year. He hasn't shown us that he has any type of commitment to winning off the court like he does, like he tries to on the court. He hasn't won anything. Um, and ultimately, like he's got a great skill set and he's got great, great. I think he might have a higher stock trade stock than what he's worth on a team because he gives you so few games and you don't know whether he's going to be healthy going into the playoffs or not. Yeah. And there's big time injury concerns with them. And his stock is undoubtedly higher than Ben Simmons, which oh, definitely is, is kind of crazy. I think I, 
you know where I'm at with Ben Simmons, but looking at the the last few games and the the film that you sent me, it was really, I mean, really impressive. Obviously, he had that, you know, whatever it was, 35 or 38 point triple double. Um, but just the way he's 12 and 12. Right. On 11 shots. And yeah. just the way, but it's the way he's playing fluidly and just getting to the basket, being confident, not feeling like he has to force things to Embiid, it kind of shows you what that offense can be because you can simply slide Horford over to the five. I mean, that's his Easily. natural position anyways, right? Mm-hmm. And you can, whatever piece you trade for, you can just play it two, three, or four and then, you know, run a combination out there uh, with Her- Tobias Harris and Josh Richardson. That's a better lineup for Ben Simmons and just for that team. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it, it just frees things up. It feels like the the big man center, at least in the context of the players that they have around him, seems to clog up things. And it feels like Ben Simmons is free to do what his natural abilities are and not have to worry about necessarily like shooting as much and kind of to your point, like to get the ball in Embiid's hands all the time. You don't always have to do that. Right. He's incredibly good at that. But but then the question, the question becomes, are the Sixers willing to trade Embiid because I mean, he is the process and he is, you know, the fa- the fan favorite in that city. He is the most coveted player in that city. So are you going to, if you're the Sixers, are you going to make that trade? I mean, I think that would not probably resonate well immediately, but if, you know, they just try to understand that that's them trying to win a championship, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I worry yeah. that Philly's going to think too much about the, the fans reactions and not make the, make a trade for either one of them. Well, I think I think they gave up a top 10 asset. True. I think the the question you have to ask to get to the answer to that is what what happens if you have like a second round exit this year? Like do you run it back again? Like this is kind of the situation the Celtics were in last year where with Kyrie where it's like you, do you run this back? Like I don't think you do, but maybe you do and you know, there was that uncertainty, and it just feels like, I don't know, like, I feel like he's a really valuable asset that you could trade to solve a lot of problems. I mean, teams are willing to do stupid things with picks and whatnot to to get under something like that. Yeah, so I, I very much believe that if it came down to we need to trade somebody, they'd get rid of Ben Simmons. And I think that the entire fan base... And 90% of the NBA NBA fan base would be saying, you need to get rid of Ben Simmons and keep Joel Embiid. But because they see jo- or Ben Simmons struggles so much with jump shooting, and he doesn't even jump, he doesn't even shoot, right? It's a day and age where you have to shoot. But Wait. I've been saying for months now on this podcast, you need to get Ben Simmons in the post, and you need to get him as a pick-and-roll guy, and you need to get him to stop fouling whenever he's setting picks. And they're doing that, dude. They've done that since Joel Embiid has gone off the court. Uh, since Joel Embiid has been off the court, he's averaging 21, 10 boards a game, eight assists, 2.1 steals. He's leading the league in steals this year, by the way, um, on only 2.7 turnovers, dude. That's well, that's, that's 8.2 a, to turn. That's crazy. It's like a three to one ratio. Yeah. 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 It's the second best. Uh, it's the second best in the league of players that are top 20. The only behind Ricky Rubio. So in assists. Wait, I, I want to, you said something. I want to back up for just one tad of a second. So do, are you saying that you think that that the team would trade Ben Simmons before they would trade Embiid, or are you saying that's what fans think they would do? Both. I think that fans think that they would trade Ben Simmons before Embiid, and I think that fans think they should trade Ben Simmons before Embiid. 
And I think probably the team would as well. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm. Um, but I, I would disagree with that. Um, so it wouldn't be as, yeah. Um, ultimately, like Ben Simmons, whenever Embiid's not on the court, looks like Magic Johnson out there, man. Like he he's he can play the five and the one. Right. What you have is you have a guy that's six foot ten that is being guarded by guys that are six foot four, and you can't post them up because Ben Embiid is sitting in the paint. Yeah, that's true. Yep. And now that Embiid is out or not in the paint anymore, he is feasting in the paint, dude. And he's he's like catching on the roll. Like he's we talked about Zion Williamson being Draymond Green. Ben Simmons could be a better, even better version of what Zion could be, in my belief, in, in regards to the Draymond Green. No. He's a better passer. So would you take mm. would you take Ben Simmons or Zion right now? Oh, Ben Simmons. Back to that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've stuck with that for a long time, and I'm so, I'm going to stick with it. it <laughs> yeah, towards that, the middle that of this year, like one you got to kind of ride or die. At this yeah, point. yeah, towards, no, that's towards the middle of this year. I was very much like I don't see this guy actually getting any better. But with Embiid off the court, and if Embiid had never gotten hurt and had this like ten game hiatus. I don't know if I would ever change my mind, but dude, he just looks like a different player, dude. He looks like the second coming of Magic Johnson when Embiid's not on the court. I don't know. Yeah, if it I, all kind of just clicked. I, I mean, I, I agree. I, I you can't argue with that, right? Like you can't. The results are the results, but I just wonder how sustainable that clip is without Embiid. There, I mean, you know, there's a lot of questions there too, and that's probably where the team will lean anyway. Is that you're? I mean, Josh, you're probably pretty right there. I don't know that they would necessarily consider trading him at all. I don't know yeah. if they would consider trading Ben Simmons either, but I don't know that they would consider trading him. I, I mean, so if it comes down to a second round exit though this year, it's gonna be it's gonna tell you if they care about money or winning if they make a trade or not. If they run it back, they just wanna keep getting to the second round and making decent money. It's true. Sam Presty. Um <laughs> so I have some trades second that round. I think would make the Sixers so much better if they decide to get rid of Embiid. I'm going to go from in order of the ones that I like the least to the one that I like the most. And some of these are going to shock you. All these work in the trade machine. All these work money-wise, okay? Okay. Joel Embiid for Malcolm Brogdon and Doug McDermott is my first one. No. Okay. No way. Yeah. So that's the one that I like the least of all of these. But it picks up a true point guard. It allows you to slide Ben Simmons to the three, maybe even four or five. Um, and Doug McDermott is a guy that can come in and sharpshoot for you, right? You, you got to feel Plus, bad for Doug McDermott because he's just used in all these trade pieces constantly. Yeah, yeah he's, he's always to make that, money work. Yeah, he's one you know of those why? guys. He's such a side piece, dude, but he's buckets. You know why? It's because he can knock down a three and because he's got an $8 million salary, which yeah. is the difference between a max player and a 20 mil player. Right, right. For he's sure. used everywhere there. Um, so that's the one that I like the least, but I still think that it allows Ben Simmons to be who he could be, which is a 20, 10, and 8 guy. Uh, maybe more. It would um, add a shooter. They do need a shooter really badly. They need they need to spread the force somehow, dude. Yeah. And like as, as good of a shooter as Embiid is, and we'll come back to this later, you're not the best big shooter in the world. Um, no. And they got to wish they still had Redick in that lineup, too. Yeah. yeah. And Tobias hasn't really worked out as well as maybe anticipated. The one that I like better than that is De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes. You eat the Harrison Barnes contract, what's, um, what's but you it, get a shot that? at somebody who could be very special in De'Aaron Fox. I like that more, but I'm still a no on that one. What's yeah. the contract? Uh, Harrison Barnes is four years for 24. Uh, is he on the first year of that? Yeah. yeah. 
that's not eating a contract really that's being stuck with somebody like courtney lee yeah like, that's what i'm saying is he's, yeah. he's eating that actually it might be a second year but he's they're eating the king's contract first year it's his first, first year? year yeah okay so um but you get a shot at darren fox which is big and it spreads the floor both those guys can knock down threes it allows ben simmons to do what ben simmons needs to do this is my third favorite one or yeah th- third fa- second favorite one Joel Embiid for Carl Anthony Towns. I would do that. I like that one a lot. A lot. That, a lot. that is Philly winning a trade, one hundred percent. Though. Yeah, um, Hollinger says that uh, it's even. Carl um, Anthony Towns is maybe the best big shooter I've ever seen in my life, dude. But dude, the, you're trading one really durable guy for one that may not honestly pan out because of durability. Yeah, yeah, but Joel Embiid on his best nights is better than Carl Anthony Towns for sure. For sure. Because of defense. But the consistency. And just strength. Just yeah. strength in general. Like, he's a better big man in a, even in a seven-game series if he's going to be there for you. I yeah. mean, I saw Towns the other night, and he looks miserable in that situation. He could be I, – I, yeah. I, we'll he not wants, get into this he argument. He wants again. out, but we – I mean – yeah, We'll He wants see. out. Um, I think that for this to actually happen – and to be fair – all of these have a 1% chance of happening. None of these are actually going to happen, right? But we're just talking ways that feel like it could be better. Things that I would look into if I was a GM. Um, Carl Anthony Towns is, on, is about done with this contract. He's going to sign somewhere else. You might be able to convince him to do a sign-in trade because Philly can't can't sign him just straight up, right? So you might be able to convince him to do a f- sign-in trade for Joel Embiid, who you then retain for four years in Minnesota and try to build around him, like restart their process, Right. Carl Anthony Towns gets to go to an immediate competitor where he knows that he's going to have somebody that's feeding him better than anybody else on Minnesota has ever even thought about it. And he's got a defense around him to make up for the fact that he doesn't really play great defense. Carl Anthony Towns is on his first year of his of a five-year deal. So this thing says zero years, but it makes sense because I don't know why it says that, but it says $27 million. Yeah, This might this actually year. be the poison pill uh, provision where – He's on a normal contract now, and then he gets a max, so they're trading at that. But either way, uh, th- that money works. What's your um, favorite trade? I would do that one 100%, by the way, if I'm Philly. I would, too. Kem- Kemba Walker for Joel Embiid. No. I like Carl Anthony Towns more, but no, I think I, w- I, would tra- I would trade Joel for Kemba, and I think that makes sense for both teams. Uh, I- I'm all set on that. <laughs> it's, it's it's my favorite because I think that it makes both teams better. Yep. Um. Yeah. I don't like. I don't think that it's the best. I, I think that Carl Anthony Towns is far and away a better player than than Kemba Walker, right? But I do think it makes both teams better, and I think that it's one that actually could work and could happen. Hmm. Interesting. Mm. I don't. I don't know if I see that happening, but I I would love to see. That. I do, I agree that obviously the Celtics need. A play, I mean, a player like Embiid will change anybody, but I mean that that's a position that they greatly need to help. That and bad. And then I mean, you look at what Kimba would do. You slide, you know, Simmons to the four and Horford at the five. I like that a lot. The the Warriors showed us that you can you can score on people and you can run on people and you can play good defense with a small ball lineup as long as all of those guys can get up and down the court. And right. that's what it would look like. Yep. So I'm a big fan of all of those. I don't think any of them hap- will happen. Another big fan of, or trade that I'm a big fan of is Westbrook for Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson, but I don't think it'll ever happen, right? 
So none of these trades are probably ever going to happen, but I do think that these are ways that people could make themselves better. There are a lot of trades out there that aren't ever going to happen, but there are ways that are mutually beneficial to to multiple teams. Talk to me more about this Houston trade. Give me more about that. Yeah, I just kind of threw it in in there, but, and I would, I was more sold on this two weeks ago whenever Russ was playing really bad and is having, honestly, Russ is having the worst season he's had since his third year in the league, efficiency wise. Um, I saw, I saw quite an interaction between him and Harden the other night when, he uh, obviously wanted to shoot the ball, but threw it to Harden, and Harden just bricked the hell out of it, and he just stood there and stared at him. So dude, Harden is sucking. Dude, I know. And I was like, this Harden's is been not, playing horrible. not going well. And, <laughs> and Russ has done a good job of uh, picking up that slack, and that's why I'm not as much on that train as I maybe used to have been. Previously, dude, the, the issue that that Houston is having is whenever people double James Harden at the, at the half-court line, they come off of a big. So he has to throw it into Capella, and Capella shits the bed every single time when trying to make that play. But if you change out Kevin Love for Capella, and you have Capella catching the ball at the free throw line, that's a bucket every single time because Kevin Love's a great passer. Right. That's a good point. It's yeah. true. Um, so you, just, you effectively change your personnel, and you stop that one thing that's slowing down James Harden. The only thing in the world that can slow down James Harden, you stop it completely. We we've gone into the whole Kevin Love thing already, so I don't want to go visit, revisit that. But I just would, I hundred percent agree that it would definitely change things up and and provide more reliable. I don't know, just almost scoring that's not in in Harden's hands, right? Yeah, it would it would provide that. I just I don't know if I see that trade happening. I I don't know. I, I would worry about Kevin Love's du- durability there because of that. Yeah, and we fair. talked about how bad that contract is. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I still like the Paul Millsap for Kevin Love trade way more than I like that one in particular. But Josh was so excited about <laughs> Dude, that. Dude, that's trade. such an idea. That's such a good trade. The two trades that I sent you, Josh, from the trade machine that I really liked was, or actually, I think you sent me the Russell Westbrook for Mike Conley. I really like that trade for yeah. both. Well, oh, so you think Houston? I guess Houston doesn't really need to take on somebody that can shoot the ball. So that works out because that Mike Conley cannot shoot the goddamn ball this year to save his yeah, and I 36% think, from the three-point line this year, which is way better than Russ is shooting. Yeah, but what's so he's not 40, like, but right. He's bet he's a better shooter than Russ, and he's a he's a better defender too. And he's just yeah. gonna turn the ball over less. Right now, they Houston's playing with the second most play pace. They're playing with the second most pace, and I think they actually need to slow the pace down if they're gonna play that hardened style, which they seem dead set on. They should just slow the pace down and not be the team that Westbrook is causing them to be and then let a team like Utah, who I think does need to maybe run a little bit more and have some, and add some athleticism. Um, and I mean, him and Donovan Mitchell would be a hell of a front court. I think that makes both teams pretty interesting. Yeah. But the, the other one was an Embiid one as well that I sent, I sent you this one. It was uh, D'Angelo Russell, Willie, uh, Willie Colley Stein and Alex Burke for Joel Embiid. Embiid. I like that as well. Actually, I might like that more than all of them, all of the ones that I had. And the money is dead even, pretty much. Yeah. And it's not like the Warriors really need, like, even on the nights that he's out, I mean, they've, you know, they've shown that they could do it with Zaza, for God's sakes. Like, I mean, they yeah, can, if they have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Joel and, Embiid in the starting lineup, it doesn't really matter too much what the bench looks like. And D'Angelo Russell. No, D'Angelo's involved in that trade. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, be yeah, trading D'Angelo, yeah, yeah. Willie Colley Stein. Yeah, my fault. Yeah. And Alex Burke 
you, I mean, does that sound too rich I, for a guy that might only play 50 games? I just think if, if you're Golden State, it's like you really got like two or three years left in this Dre, Clay, and Steph run, right? I mean, that's got to be the move is to get another player of Embiid's caliber because there are nights where Embiid looks like he's, you know, the best big man in the league or the best player in the league even on some nights. Uh, but it's just – it's a big gamble. It's so here's what's interesting to me, and I think it's a shift in the way the NBA is built. Um, when was the original book of basketball written? Twenty uh, two thousand nine or two thousand nine, yeah. and then it so, was added on to in twenty eleven. Okay, yeah. Bill Simmons coined the phrase: "You never trade four or a dollar for four quarters. You just don't do it. You lose every single time." Right? That was in two thousand nine, two thousand eleven. The way that the NBA is built now, I think it's more viable to dr- the trade a dollar for four quarters because the skill level to get into the NBA is is lower than it used to be and that you only have to be able to shoot threes and knock down threes at a high rate and play defense. You don't have to be able to create your own shot because you've got these people like James Harden who can create a shot for you all the time. Ben Simmons can create a shot for you anytime, right? So what you end up having is you have this one big piece on a team and as you surround them, look at the Bucks. you surround them with shooters or the LeBron uh, – um, prototype you surround him with shooters and let him be great Luca's is going to be in that same situation over the next right. five years um, I think that trading a dollar that you might have that is slowing down your team and not ma- letting another dollar be great for four quarters might become more and more prevalent as we move forward and as teams get more into just allowing people to shoot and knock down shots and letting the great players be extra great with passes as well that may very may have very well been the most eloquent point you've ever made. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Thanks. I'm impressed. Yeah, I, feel like I, I done think better. it's very true. I think it's my very intro true. was better than that. True. <laughs> that. <laughs> no doubt. There's absolutely no doubt. Uh, but dude, I think I think it's true. I mean, you look at it even, and it's interesting because between now and when the book of basketball is written, and you go and see LeBron and them win in Miami, it starts to be, oh, you need three superstars now. Like, that's what we were saying five to seven years ago. It's like, you have to have three superstars to win a title. I don't think you can afford to pay three superstars and then have a bunch of pennies and nickels on your roster. Like, you you need one or two dollars with a bunch of quarters. That's the better route for your eight-man roster that you're taking into the playoffs. Which which is exactly what the Clippers are doing right now. Yeah. It's that model. Clippers and, Clippers and Bucks. I, I would say the Lakers are like that too. Like all, like that all too. the top teams are like that. Yeah, we don't have any super teams anymore. You have two great players, and then the rest are filled in with shooters and defenders. It's kind of quietly morphed into that, hasn't it? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to think of a team that has three max players right now, and I think the only one would be if Embiid well, is maxed, it would be Philly. Well, technically, it'd be Golden State, even though Clay's not playing. Yeah, with Clay D'Angelo and yeah. and Steph. Steph. Yeah, um, Brooklyn's relatively close, but DeAndre Jordan's not a max player anymore. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Dude, yeah. Do you want to talk about what you sent me earlier, Justin? Yeah, of uh, Mello's wife. Uh, no, not really. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that you saw that. Oh my lord! Yeah, there was a point in time. Josh and I got into talking about. We'll just give a little bit of uh, elusive context. Josh and I were talking about different trash talking tactics in the nba and we were talking about how great kg was it just talking trash yeah it's definitely worth popping a uh popping a goog on but i was dude, i was looking at it today for the uh the all-star the all-star rosters 
it's going to be interesting to see who gets snubbed and who doesn't because that, you know, potentially is going to affect third team all NBA voting and, and incentives and guys' contracts that end up making a big deal like we saw for Clay uh, a few years back. I honestly, I honestly think Ingram's yeah. going to get snubbed possibly. So yeah, right right now our starters are in the West. LeBron's captain, Luca, starter. Uh, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Kawhi in the East. That's un, that's undebatable in the West. Like that's yeah. not even close. I'd I'd put Zion in there, but whatever. Um, starters in the Easter: Giannis, Pascal Siakam, Joel Embiid, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. Good for Trey Young and Luca getting in there. No Ben Simmons, huh? No Ben Simmons for the starters, which dude, dude, Trey Young, honestly, Ben Simmons is not a fan favorite, and this is all based upon fan fan voting, right? I'm just giving you a hard time from earlier. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah, Trey Young is just not a should not be an All Star starter. Like I like I like Ben Simmons more than Trey Young, hundred percent. Yeah, Trey. Like, he cannot guard anybody. I mean, it's just I can't have a guy that's a, literally just a defensive liability, not even a guy I can hide on the court. There probably hasn't been as a bipolar of a player on the offensive end as the there is on the defensive end as Trey Young since like Steve Young or Steve Nash. Steve Young. Steve Young. Good God. Steve Steve Young didn't even play defense. That's how <laughs> I mean, bad yeah, I don't Trey see Young Steve is. Young being, being a threat coming off the edge or anything like that. <laughs> Uh, Steve, Steve Nash, Nash is pretty bad at defense, but I think Trey Young might actually be worse. Yeah. He's pretty terrible, but he gets blamed for that Hawks team that's not very good at all. Yeah, I mean, that's not entirely his fault, but people, dude, people love him. People love the uh, the rec ball era. Here's here's why I'm blaming him. It's his second freaking year, and he's already complaining to the GMs about putting people around him. That's why I'm blaming him. Like, chill out, bro. It's your second year. Yeah, I mean, you're 20. You know, your yeah. second year and you played a year in college. Like, you're going to be fine. Playing lights out, though. He's playing really well. Yeah, but, I mean, it's always going to be, no matter how much they don't want it to be, the fact that they traded Luka for Trey Young. It's tough, man. And that's a bad trade. It's I would have replaced Trey Young with one of the Boston younger younglings. Hmm. I like Jason Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. In the starting lineup? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I get that their numbers aren't as sexy, right? Yeah. And I mean, that's, well, what, that's what they're voting him in on is numbers. But, dude, those guys play fantastic defense. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum's a And they're on a winning team. Yeah. I was going to say Jalen, but I don't think that he's as much of a fan favorite yet. Yeah. Neither of them play sexy ball. Right. Yeah, that's true. They play but fundamental there's no, ball. There's no question to me that they're better players than Trey Young. Agreed. Yeah. Do you think that both of those guys all-star? Do you have three people from, from the Celtics all-star this year? No, probably probably, probably not. not three people. I think they're gonna you're just gonna have to pick between one of those two. I don't think it's gonna be Tatum. I think it's gonna be Jalen. Tatum has been a little bit more up and down. I, I still believe in Tatum a lot, but he's been a little bit more up and down this year. He's been trying to do too much in a lot of situations. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say that Jalen's better, not as a dog on Tatum, but Jalen's just come out of nowhere. Correct. Yeah. 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 Less expectation for sure. Right. And we were, we were, I think all of us last year were higher on him in the playoffs saying he looks better than Jason Tatum. Yeah. It, his yeah. game really struggled when he had to play next to Kyrie. He hated maybe, Kyrie. Maybe I'm thinking of the year before. Yeah. I think you were. No, no, How many no, no, years no. have we been doing this? No, no, no. Um, it was like, it was last year. I mean, I'm okay. still, I'm still a little bit higher on Jalen potentially than Tatum because I think he's a more efficient player and just a bigger, more athletic guy. 
I know he's not taller, but I, I really, just, really just like the way he plays. Um, that being said, man, it's just kind of you almost ask yourself the same thing with Boston that you do with Philly. It's like, what are you going to do after a second round exit this year? Because that's almost certainly what's going to happen. Almost certainly, Boston. I mean, unless they get a better, uh, I mean, I, I understand that. The big man situation is is decent, but they have to improve it if they want to be a finals contender. I mean, they, they just have nights where they get the church blo- doors blown off by, you know, Phoenix, and then they turn around and hammer the shit out of the Lakers. It's just very streaky ball. And you have to remember, too, you know, and we try not to lean on this too much on this show in general, but it matters in a lot of ways, is them and the Lakers had one of the softest schedules in the league at the beginning of the year. So, like, a lot of that's probably starting to even out a little bit, too. Yep. Absolutely. But they've definitely lost a lot of games they shouldn't. They've lost games they should, They you know, they've won some games they should, but they definitely haven't always performed up to par there. Let me tell you who actually got snubbed. Bradley Beal. Hmm. Tell us more. Bradley Beal should have been there instead of Trey Young. Beal's currently... Sixth in the league in scoring at 27 points a game. He's a much better player than Trey Young. It's not yeah, even better on defense. Yeah. Um, like I get that Trey Young is averaging uh 8.6 assists and 29 points. Bradley Bill is averaging 6.3 assists and 27 points. Both are just out of this world. Bill's a way better defender. I, I think that's probably probably worth more. Also and a better shoot and a better or a more efficient shooter, I think. I could be yeah. wrong on that. He's taking a lot of shots. He's just on a bad team. I mean, Trey Young is too. I think it's just a fan thing. It's I think people be. like the Atlanta situation more than they like the Washington situation, which I can't blame them. Especially tied with that John Wall contract and how much excitement led up to that for it to all just kind of come apart so fast. Yeah. It's that's a horrific contract to deal with for Washington and I can see why fans aren't nearly as bought into that team versus I mean regardless of whether they shouldn't have passed up or passed up Luca and just tra- drafted him I I still think Trey Young was a good replacement in that sense and it's still a oh, dude, I, fan yeah. favorite so I mean it's definitely not the right end of that you want to be on but you got to live with that decision Trey Young's also leading the league in turnovers <laughs> fun fact I'm not surprised yeah and getting I mean he just gets beat more than anybody I've ever seen. Yeah. I want to ask you guys real quick where you're at with Miami. Cause I actually have watched two or three games over the last week of Miami. And I, I'm trying to buy into this team being able to compete with, with Milwaukee in the Eastern conference finals, but I'm just not there yet with, I'm not either with the roster. I really like Bam though. I really like the way Butler's playing, but I mean, do you see them having any kind of, competitiveness in a seven game series with the bucks no because i would say that more than 20 percent of their scoring comes from rookies so you can't you can't do it you can't do that in playoffs yeah i guess that's true and i mean milwaukee's at least been to an eastern conference finals but and i mean it's kind of the jimmy butler show right like that's really what it comes down to and i mean bam and you know like good pieces around him i guess is what i'm trying to say here but i don't on experience alone, kind of to Josh's point, I think that's that's where this comes down to. And it, I mean, you have to try to stop Giannis for God's sakes. I don't know how you do that. I'm going to stick by saying I think that I'm going to stick to my take that Toronto has the the best chance. I think of of beating the Bucks. 
We don't talk about Toronto nearly enough. That team I just like the athleticism on that team. The team is really damn good still. Yeah. Is Siakam a starter on the Eastern Conference? He is. Yeah. Um what are your thoughts on Lowry? Should he have gotten in over so No. The East is heavy on guards now. Who are we gonna see snubbed? Uh I mean I would say Bradley Beal if he's not on there. That would be the biggest snub at guard for me. I think Bradley Beal should be in there over Trey Young, definitely over Kyle Lowry, who's fringe but not going to get in most likely. Yeah, I'm I'm probably with you there. I, Kyle Lowry's numbers are fine, but they're not fantastic. Yeah, he he does so many thi- he does so many little things that people don't see too. Like no, they don't does. show up in a box score. He's a glue guy. He's a glue guy on that team for sure. But yeah. I just think that. Siakam has really elevated his game to a level that's made it a lot easier on him. Like Bradley Beal has to do so much more on a, on a given night than Kyle Lowry does for this team to win a game. Yeah, that's very true. And that's true for Trey Young, except his team doesn't ever win a game. So that has to be penalized at some point. <laughs> that's true. But you like you have so many guys like OG that are really able to plug in and keep the thing going, even when, like that way you can rest your guys. I mean, he's. You know, average. I mean, he's playing like almost thirty minutes a night. Like he's playing a lot. I liked him getting drafted. I actually was a lot higher on him than I think he is now. But I liked him a lot whenever he was drafted. He's a good facilitator on the court, though. Yeah. You know what kind of blows for Atlanta too about them having such a bad record is that even if they get first round or first overall pick in this year's draft, it's not really a, a draft class with a a player like Zion or Jaw coming out that. Can excite you to that level. Yeah, next year's the big one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think would you take Josh over Zion? Yeah. I know you would. <laughs> you, Josh doesn't even hesitate. Josh is so low on he has sold all of his Zion stock. He is out. No, I don't know I'm that not, he ever owned Zion stock. Let's let's get I'm just not as high as all, as everybody else, dude. Like the reason why he's so hyped up is because he's exciting to watch and because he makes money. But at the end of the day, crazy athletic, he doesn't have a NBA skill set. Uh, Besides uh, passing, I'm not sure I agree with that take. I, yeah, I mean, that's that that's fair. It's just like, how do you? I I just don't see him. I don't see him living up to the high. What we've done is we've bracketed this dude into you have to be a first ballot Hall of Famer or your career has failed. And that's not fair to him. This They've said that he's the best prospect since LeBron. He's not a better prospect than Blake Griffin was. He's not a better prospect than Kevin Durant was. He's not a better prospect than Anthony Davis was. Like, dude, it's crazy how much they're hyping him up. John Wall was a better prospect than than Zion. Like, mm, this is I, insane. I, don't I agree with the I first think, ones. No, I, think I don't the, agree with John Wall. I think the crux of this is that Josh hates the media. I hate the media. I hate it. I hate them so much. Like I really think that you're just pissed off because of how overhyped he is. Like regardless of how people feel, that's, there was that's exactly seven hours of Zion on ESPN today. That's so true. There was nothing else that was happening. To be fair, but still, it was brutal. It was every 10 seconds they were showing all those wide-open shots he was taking. They're doing the same thing. Charles Barkley talked about it. They're doing the same thing with LeBron James's kid. They they literally asked Greg Popovich after Zion had played four minutes in the first quarter, 
and had two points. They asked him, hey, what are your thoughts on Zion's debut? I wish that Greg Popovich would have said, yeah, we shut his fat ass down and sent him to the bench. Hopefully we're going to see him again in garbage time. But <laughs> it's like, Jesus, dude, the guy just came off a freaking injury that went through his entire his entire first half of his first season. He's super ginger. Like, don't be at, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, the how are the first four minutes ridiculous. of his career? Yeah. Like the, tra- the trajectories are going to be so severe. Like yeah. he, if he goes like one for nine from three next game, is he a bust? People are, yeah, he's a bust. Dude, people are off that ship of real quick. There were people on every forum in the world through the first three quarters saying this guy's the biggest bust in the world, dude. He should have went last and like in the second round. And it's like that's not fair to him, just because yeah. he has an average game or a beginning of an average game for his first year coming off as a rookie, coming off an injury, like it's not fair to him. And yeah, it's not I mean, fair for us to compare him to these all-time greats when he's never, ever, ever played a minute of NBA. I mean, to further your point a little bit, it's not like people are doing that to Michael Porter Jr. and he's playing out of his goddamn mind right. consistently. I would take Michael Porter Jr. over Zion at this point. Hmm. And that's not Come that's on. not just me- media circus. Stop. Like, I, Stop. I, that's that not just media absurd. circus either. Dude, like... What? That guy had three hernias in his back at 17. He's not going to... You want to talk about le- relearning how to walk. Zion tore his meniscus, and they said he'd be out for three weeks, and he was out for four months. Like I mean... Yeah, but they, they... I mean, the team doctors tell you what you want to hear and what they need to, to tell you, too. We don't know yeah. where that really was. They generally tell you, get back on the court. Well, Shut up and tape it up and get back on the court. It's out in California. Both those guys have big, big red flag injury issues but I, I still i still feel more comfortable with zion for sure it, it, the reason why he's so hyped up is because he's so electric to watch whenever he's dunking and he's exciting he's he's not he's not the talent that people are making him out to be he he does post game mm-hmm. interviews like an eighth grader too he's got to work on that a little bit got dude to. that guy has a pillow girlfriend at home <laughs> <laughs> He's a, he told, doesn't seem like a very smooth cat, if you know what I'm saying. I told Josh, like, he's just can't wait. He cannot wait to get home and just have a Capri Sun with some Gushers and turn <laughs> on the Nickelodeon. Like, Hell yeah, dude. Just a kid, man. Like, he really is. So we got to we gotta chill on it. And so is Ja. And Ja's playing out of his mind right now. I, I just – I don't want people – I just think people overreact to what their ceilings and floors can be. And, like, look at where people were at with Brandon Ingram last year. Yeah, low, low, and now it's he's a fringe all star player, and we're talking about max contracts. Yeah, boy, and I'll tell you on the on the note of jaw too. Like, it'd be a real shame if he had an extra, you know, uh, you know, some sort of veteran next to him to uh, help guide the way, and you know, if the only they had some guy like that on their roster. Justin's so salty about like. Are you talking about Chandler Parsons? No, no, no. He's a, he's not even there. He's on Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. He got hit by somebody. A DUI hit yeah, him. Yeah, dude, crazy. And he might not ever play again. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I didn't know he played with Atlanta. Uh, now he got traded last year. I, I didn't know that until just recently. But uh, he's only played like five games with them or something like that. Not very many. It's a sad story, actually. But uh, no, I was actually, talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you do roll that one nice. I was talking about Iguodala sitting on their goddamn bench. He'd be. Oh, yeah, and Justin a, has a real hot button about guys not not finishing their contracts which is fair i mean you signed that you signed the deal but he's been holding out this entire time and, and that, that team maybe that would help him a lot you're right that would 
at a lot that and that team's like in the mix for an eight seed for like sure. They're, they're not necessarily going to be sellers, in which case he's gonna be pissed off that that's what happened, that he just sat there. I mean, never tried to rat out the Warriors trainers. Dude, I'm telling not you. Not have to eat in Memphis. I mean, there's worse places to eat, I guess. This barbecue sucks. Ooh, that's a, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. That, it doesn't that. actually suck. I was thinking of North Carolina that uses that weird mustard sauce, dude. That stuff is weird. The white so you're sauce a Texas there. barbecue guy. Josh is taking Texas barbecue over Zion right now. Uh, yeah, dude. I would take Texas <laughs> barbecue over just about anybody in the league. A pound like, of meat. Giannis yeah. and Texas barbecue is pretty close. Okay. All right. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do with that, but I like I, that. <laughs> can we do another intro? <laughs> We'll hit the Cena music again. Okay. Dude, I mean, that's Cena. I mean, that was a great Cena cut. That's a classic song. I just... Josh, Last night told me nothing except for that his shot's busted. (laughs) Josh, tell me right now, would you take Lakers or Milwaukee if they played the finals? I have concerns about the Lakers right now. I would take Milwaukee. I would too. I know you seem concerned. Talk. What What are your concerns? Talk, talk, talk to me. About I it. think they're zero and four against the Clippers. That they haven't beaten the Clippers. It's, it's the Clippers, the uh, Sixers, the Celtics. Celtics, and like oh, I, there's a there's another one good more. team. I can't remember who it is. Yeah, there was one. Maybe the Bucks actually. Yeah, I think that's no, right. no, no, because they did beat the Bucks me, on Christmas Day. Anyways, yeah. give me the what's the stat? What's the stat? I don't know what the stat. I, I don't think I think it'd be too hard to pull up, but it's like they're like, oh, and they're they not beating beaten good teams. Like four good teams. Yeah, they're not beating good teams. Yeah, um, they're well, close in all that game on all those games, and I think that they're pretty darn close in box plus minus um, as far as across the entire division or the entire league, which means that they're blowing out bad teams, which is good. Like you want to, that's what you want to see, but. The Bucks are looking unstoppable again, dude. Like the only thing that's going to get in their way is Boone holes are not making adjustments, which I, he has a history of doing. I trust LeBron and AD much more than I trust Giannis and Middleton in the surrounding casts. That's fair. Do you know that Basketball Reference currently has Middleton as tenth on their NBA MVP predictor? He's playing twenty-eight minutes a game. How is that possible? It's. I think it's. I think it's like they've built an algorithm that. That's broken. probably has to do with like the best team in the league and whether or not there's a all-star on the best team in the league. And they just threw him in there because of that. Like right. it's, it's a, it's a math thing or a calculator. It's not like somebody's <laughs> going in there and ordering people. Right. Okay. Maybe, maybe that's not. terrible. That's terrible. He's definitely not 10th, but I get it. I mean, I, I think that Milwaukee is on an incredible streak. They were the best team last year. They're the best team this year. I just don't know if I see them holding the trophy at the end of the year. And that was my take last year. And I think I'm, I'm there this year. So they're, they're, you know, they had a, what, 17, 16 game winning streak. Yeah. They've won seven, break seven, seven in a row right now. I mean, they could, that, they're, they're on pace to break the Warriors record. Are they? Yeah, they are. They're at 39 and six right now. That's so absurd. No, that's not okay. That's close. Yeah. So that's if this team might win 70 games, I'm still going to say they're probably not going to win the championship. And I feel like that's a pretty, I feel like it's a bold statement to make midseason. It's just a gut feeling that I had last year and that, that I have this year. Yeah. I think and it's going to be Kawhi or LeBron that has that trophy, one of those two guys. Yeah. And I can see that. Like 
Yeah. At the end of the day, if Giannis gets into a funk, there's nobody there that can just take over. Like Middleton can do it in spurts, but there's nobody there that can consistently take over like a LeBron could or an Anthony Davis could or a Kawhi or a Paul George. But the thing is, like, he doesn't get into those slumps very often. So it doesn't, I mean, he can afford to take the NBA is going to want him to take a game or two off anyway to make sure that it goes seven games. The Lakers have arguably the best defense in the league to go against. Giannis, I would say. Not, yeah, not based on the their first that, matchup, I'll tell you that. I mean, with eight with AD, if you could throw AD Howard and JaVale at him, I mean, I really don't want too much of JaVale, but those are good bodies to throw at Giannis. Yeah, I like that a lot. True. Um, the size is there. The Clippers have the first row of defense, but the way that, the, that Toronto beat Giannis last year was that they always doubled off of a big. Right. So every single time that a, that a double was happening – um, was it was a big that was coming over, uh, especially when he wasn't at the top of the key. Um, bigs waited for him near the bottom of the or about free throw line whenever he was at the top of the key. But anywhere else, it was Gasol, uh, Siakam, um, Serge Ibaka going and trapping him immediately, um, and just using that length. That's my concern with the Clippers is they have Kawhi and Paul George and Patrick Beverly. None of those guys can stop Giannis. Like we taught, you've asked me previously who the best player is to stop Giannis. And I've always said Kawhi, but I've, I watched a lot of, or I went back and watched that series again a couple of weeks ago. Kawhi couldn't stop him. Like the best player to stop Giannis is four players, you know, like <laughs> yeah. he was blowing by Kawhi every single time. And he, or he was posting in Kawhi and Kawhi would foul him. He couldn't stop him. Well, that's um, kind so, of what we were talking about before is like the, the solution. I mean, you know, not to be too big on blueprints, but the solution is to not, just let Giannis do his thing because he's going to do his thing and right. just shut down the rest of it as best you can. Yeah, the problem is they, have, a seven they always That's have four 40-point, three-point shooters on the court with them. Right, and I'm also not positive that the Lakers get there either. Like I think the Clippers have shown a lot against them when they're not even at full strength. Yeah, the Lakers haven't beat the Clippers. That's a that's a big concern of mine. Obviously, I just talked about it being a big concern of mine, but... Right. Um, I don't think I think the Clippers go. I'm feeling a lot better about the Bucks' chances than I do with the Lakers because they don't have that big that they can double Giannis with. Like, right. might throw Harrell on him, but Harrell can't jump with Giannis. Like, Harrell's not long enough to keep Giannis from passing because that's what makes Giannis great is that he can pass over people, and but he couldn't pass over Gasol or Siakam or Ibaka, right? Yeah, I'm more concerned about the Raptors for the Bucks than I am for the Clippers. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that just because of the matchup alone there. Sixers, too, honestly, yeah. just because they're so big. They're so yep. big, and it just doesn't seem to that's be working. That's what it's going to take. Yeah. yeah, That's why I wouldn't be surprised for a second-round exit there and then things to really be changed up in Philly because it's clearly not working there. So that brings it home. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. It's been a good chat and some ball up with you fellas. We'll be back uh, probably next week, and then we'll be – or we'll be back next week, and then we'll be doing the – the, I, I think it's going to be you guys doing the deadline show on the actual Thursday of the trade deadline uh, yep. or Wednesday, I believe. So I'm going to be gone, but you guys will handle it. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll have a show between now and then. I think next time we'll try to bring some more hypothetical trades and what what we want to you know talk about as far as like what we think teams need and what trades may work and stuff like that. So we'll throw together some of that stuff too. Hopefully we get to play more John Cena music. We will. <laughs> we will if it comes out. Anyway, all right, boys. Out of here. Later. Right, See you, man. Man.